one of our core things we try and hang on to is kind of keep it simple, especially at the beginning. And that makes it all kind of flow a bit better. Excited today to have Harry Croydon on. He is the president and CEO of MIC Global. Welcome, Harry. Welcome to you. Good to be here. Thank you very much. You know, you certainly have a, a really interesting and, and strong track record in the industry. So maybe you could just share some detail about that um, with everyone here and, and kind of how it led to uh, the formation in your current role at MIC. Yeah, I, uh, kind of a, a potted, accelerated story that goes back a while. Um, so, yeah, so I, I used to work in the, in, 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 uh, the technology space for people like Microsoft and did some work with Dell and all that sort of stuff with them back in the back in the 90s before, you know, as the Internet was being born. And then late in 1999, early you know, early 2000s, I, I left that, that industry and, and uh, started to get into the insurance industry where we formed a company called Safe Online, which was one of the first companies that did cyber insurance. And, and uh, this kind of where I met a lot of my uh, my friends in insurance, you know, Lloyd's is a great space for that sort of thing and, uh, you know, internationally working in America. So we did some cyber insurance for a few years. And then um, I basically took the technology that we had developed at that time and, and turned that into a, like what would could be called now an insure tech and started selling policy management systems and policy processing systems to people like you know, uh, Willis and you know, Aon and and then some small smaller London you know London Lloyd's broker types. I bumped back into a friend of mine, Jamie Crystal, and he and I formed micro you know, micro insurance, which became MIC Global, uh, really bringing together the sort of technology underwriting capabilities that you need for a full stack insurance company. So that's a kind of a potted twenty year, quick accelerated journey that how we got here. Yeah. So. Uh... In a previous conversation, you know, you referred to uh, what you're doing. I, I think I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit, but but essentially, uh, you're offering insurance people actually use um, or is actually yeah. useful. And could you maybe elaborate on what that means for the audience? Yeah, so <laughs> useful insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically this is, you know, we're, we're in this sort of thing that people now call embedded insurance, but these are relevant small insurance policies that that are sold or you purchase, you know, at, in the moment that you kind of, you know, you're going to need it, like you're going on holiday or, or you're taking a loan out or you're or you're doing a, a project or you're doing a job, you, you, you work for like Kareem or Uber or something like that. And and, and these things are embedded in into your into your process so that you get the insurance that you kind of think you know you need in, in, in at, at the time so would you would you define that as some sort of, of of gap insurance yeah so we think of it yeah we think of it as i guess a gap insurance but it's it's really addressing what we think of as this unserved market and and that is not only people in you know, africa and Asia that don't have insurance, but it's also people in in America or Europe who've got insurance policies or don't have insurance policy, but you know kind of, that, that then are in this deductible area that they can't actually make a claim. So we we're sort of filling that space up really the, with with new insurance products. It's it is gap. It's unserved insurance. You know, it's 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 creating, you know, and growing the market of insurance as we see it. 
there's certainly been tremendous buzz around embedded and lots of people trying to bring offerings at different parts of uh, i guess the value chain to to um support embedded insurance and mm. and and so what you know what 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 really is proprietary for you what differentiates you you already have tremendous you know reach tremendous number of people who are using these policies so mm. You know, what's sort of your core DNA as an organization? Well, so the people is one of it, which is, you know, the, the key people in our business, you know, from Jamie and I and, and Richard up, we've been doing this for 20 years. You know, we, we put, you know, with HTTPS, the little, you know, the little lock sign, we, we, we've we developed the first programs, you know, first insurance for, for that. That was embedded in in that. So we've been doing this for 20 years before we called it embedded insurance, if you like. Um, so that's a really big part. You know, we, we've been doing this a long time and, and we know and we've got various products and, and, and we know how to make them simple, relevant and, and actually put them on, you know, put them on the system. Then the other part is our technology. Obviously, you know, you need technology to do this. If you're processing 500,000 uh, policies a day, you know, you, you can't do that without, you know, without a bit of technology sort of thing. What are your criteria for determining whether you know, a new product sort of makes sense for you to pursue versus uh, other uh, other journeys yeah. or other other products or services you might might offer. Yeah. So, you know, with, with the partners, obviously it's easy if, if there's a great big partner and they say they've got a million customers or whatever, la -di -la -di -la, and you can actually get hold of it. So that's like an easy thing. Where it gets harder is where you're in front of a team who's like, a you know, a new insure tech or a new a new B2B partner who's just starting, you know, they might have they might have got a little bit of funding, they might have gone through a, a kind of a you know, MVP sort of stage or something, and they know they want to do it, but now they can't get, you know, now the insurance, you know, now they need the insurance, they want to sell, you know, they want to be embed or use insurance as part of their thing. So, so this is where we actually look at the team, you know, the people, we understand them, we understand their motives and see if they've done it before or if it's a good area. And you know it's something that we understand. It looks simple, you know, something that we would want. And where where do you think embedded as a whole is in its its kind of life cycle? Yeah, we've been doing it for twenty years, I guess, secretly without yeah. knowing it was called embedded. But so, but but when you actually look at what, what we've done and where we think it came from before we even knew it was called embedded, it's really digital. You know, it's in digital processes and digital transformations. So if you look at the world where you are today and the penetration of insurance generally, you know, in America, you know, it's like 10, 12 percent of GDP. That's how far the insurance has got in somewhere like Kenya or, you know, or, you know, or even, you know, in South, South Africa, Asia, you know, South, you know, South America, Asia, it's at one to five percent GDP. So you've got this massive amount of growth potential and and that's. And none of that is going to be manual. It's all going to be digital. And a big proportion of that is going to be embedded. So my view is that, you know, all the growth is going to be fully digital and a big proportion of that is going to be embedded. Are you trying to choose products just based on overall all market size or are you thinking about the life cycle of someone buying insurance and, and trying to choose products that maybe you know, when when uh, 
there in university that they might use. So then you're starting to establish the relationship. So then when they're ready, um, yeah. you know, to buy a car or buy a house or whatever it is and move on to, you know, policies that maybe are more, more, more profitable or more substantial that, you know, you're yeah. first in, in the door with the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where, you know, I always think nothing much happens in the world without insurance, you know, really, you know, people right. have, have to have insurance to do lots of stuff, except that when you're 20 years old or something or 25, you're invincible and you don't care about those things. So right. you don't bother about insurance. Right. But, you know, it's, it, if if you go on a holiday, you know if you if you if you if you're taking a trip or you're doing a bit of gig work as a as a you know as, as a as a, an independent, you know, the ability to easily buy and think about and be you know oh that's useful, you know and it's very simple relevant product, and and it maybe yeah you know it, it it starts people thinking about insurance at a much younger age and they can get into it you know oh you know I wish I had you know a, a relevant life insurance policy not something that your dad might buy or something, you know, it's yeah. relevant to what I'm doing and I can see the value of it for what I'm doing in the moment. Um, and that that's really, I think, where we can help, you know, grow the market. Is it easier to process claims in a, in a micro insurance world or like in terms of just profitability of a business and managing expenses, how, how, how does that uh, fit in? Yeah, so, so obviously, the claims journey needs to be definitely known, right? So, and, it, and they're trigger points. It's either, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're not parametric insurance, if you know that term, it's they're parametric like. So, yep. you know, we might have four things they have to hit to make right. a claim. So, and if they hit those claims, you know, it's just paid, right? It's just paid. And then what we do is really, is we look then for, as the programs go live, we look for like gamification of of the claims, right? And we steer away from the word called fraud because it's just a game, you know. And 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 we 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 try and look for, you know look for patterns and manage the patterns within within the you know the, the claims processes, and then and then and then you know, stop that game happening if you like. You know what we don't have is assessors going around you know looking at every claim. You know we don't do that. You know, you mentioned in in, in your introduction, uh, your your, your uh, previous connection with Lloyd's, and I know you had an announcement recently that kind of brings that full full circle a bit. So, could you maybe talk about that? Yeah. Well, we, we um, eighteen months ago or so, we we decided we you know really what would like to get into Lloyd's, and they had this process called Syndicate in a Box, SIAP, as they call it, which was very timely for us because it, it brings down the cost of becoming a SIAB. So it was very time ago. So we, we set about that 18 months ago. So we've been through various hoops, lots of hoops, <laughs> um, and, and, and got into Lloyd's. And we, you know, the reason we wanted to go into Lloyd's was obviously it's a great name. You know, it's a fantastic brand. And, uh, you know, there's not many places not, that you can actually still, you know, if we get 100 million, if we got a, did get a massive, policy come in or a massive program build, you know, we can easily build a consortium and bring that policy into Lloyd's. So it's, it's a really good pipeline for us and like a network effect going in, you know, having having Lloyd's attached to us. Great. Well, um, Harry, really appreciate having you on. Uh, is there anything we didn't cover today that <laughs> you, you would? 
we've got teams uh, that operate around the world. You know, we, we're in, I think, 16 different countries today. We operate in eight different countries. So, but we always think of ourselves as a startup and growing. You know, we don't think of ourselves as a great big old company. It's definitely, you know, matching ourselves with the sort of the pace of things. So, no, I think we covered everything, um, everything we can. And uh, no, thanks very much for your time. I hope people find it interesting. And, uh, you know, thanks for your time uh, very much. Thank you. All right, great. Well, uh, Harry, again, uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, appreciate the time. And it's Harry Croydon. He is the president and CEO of MIC Global. Thanks again, Harry. Thanks very much.